Steve's in a brightly colored, I'm glad, so glad we have a video component. Brightly colored, what is it, quarter zip hoodie? This is a quarter zip for the Glasgow Rangers soccer team. Oh, okay. You told me about this. You bought this on your, your, your from trip. Glasgow, yep. Yeah. That's good on you. It's a good color. Lights up your face. And There you go. Did, did uh, you finally yeah, get a haircut? white weekend. I want to make sure I didn't take a side, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> Penn State's going to win this weekend. <laughs> um, anyways, hi. Uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve, we get to see Steve's lovely Bull Durham background, which I just found out about. Um, and Alex Bentley yelling in your ear quite literally over there. Um, so I'm excited about yeah. that. Um, I'm also excited we get to talk about football. We we haven't got to talk, really talk about football since probably January. Maybe, well, I guess the Super Bowl was in February, but we get to talk about Penn State football more specifically. Um, that will be the decent chunk of today's show. We will also talk about the Masters. I have some thoughts there I want to share. Um, and then uh, I guess I I was... I was going to do TV or, or top TV or I'm sorry, top movies and, and would probably would have been better, more appropriate with, with uh, Bull Durham back there behind you, Steve. But uh, to, we're going to stick with the, the game plan and go with TV. We can go to movies sure. next week, but you, you didn't know Bull Durham was going to be there. Neither did I really to the last minute. So there you go. It's great. It's great. Um, okay. Steve, as you mentioned, the blue white game is this weekend, uh, 2 PM sharp. My first question to you, um, before we, are, are you actually going to go into the game this year? What did I say last year? I said no, right? You you said no, and you did not. You did not. But we did see longtime podcast listener, Russ. I I'm thinking I'm going in. I'm thinking I'm going in. Okay. I'm proud of you. I'm, I think I'm going to go in. Once every decade or so, it's time to go in. I think this is. Oh, time. that's right. I forgot you're weird about the blue white game. <laughs> no, just, no, I just, it's, it's about the tailgate and the people. But um, yeah, I think I do want to go in and just to see. I mean, I'm kind of glad I didn't last year, right? Because it wasn't, and then ended up being that weird scoring thing, kind of a game, kind of not. So, I don't know. It'll be fun to see the quarterback, see who else is out there. And I've been not disconnected, but like I, you know, I mean, I, okay, we talk about the broadcast side. I haven't really watched the football, so I probably still need to start investing. So, yes, let's go with going in. Okay, all right, I'm proud of you. I'm also going to go, and I don't know if I'll make it the full four quarters, but. I am going to go in. Apparently this year's game will actually be a return to a traditional blue-white setup game, which I'm excited about. Um, I think that actually says one thing. If we read the tea leaves, is Penn State has enough depth that their offensive and defensive line to actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at their past two, three recruiting classes and look at what the rosters look like, yeah, they they really do. So interested and excited about that. I think the two main things that I am looking forward to, Steve, are, as you mentioned, uh, the Sean Clifford era is officially over, and now it was the Drew Alar era, maybe. Um, if, but I think if we're reading the tea leaves. There's, there's a theory and a thought behind of the way James Franklin is talking about Drew Alar. Um, and then I am also interested in one player and one player only. That's Tony Rojas, just to see uh, what all of this hype is about and. Uh, yeah, obviously there's not going to be that much we can glean from the spring game. I left the spring game last year being very ho-hum about Drew Alar, and I, I, I'm, I am probably at a four and a half if the average Penn State fan's at a seven on Drew Alar right now. Not that I'm not excited, and not that there's not room to grow and catch up, but um, 
I think I, I'm interested to see what Tony Rojas can do. Um, and I think some of that's also just from, not from that area, but currently living in that area, more more paying attention to the the prepsters in the state of Maryland and Northern Virginia uh, nowadays. I think that's fair. Uh, your number on, on Drew seems low to me. I'm surprised. I thought you'd be closer to the seven if that's where most people are. It's not that I don't, it's not that I don't believe in him, can't believe in him. Um, I don't know. I just haven't really, I haven't, there hasn't been anything that's not impressed me. Like everything he's done hasn't very much impressed me. I just haven't seen enough of, of the, the product sample, I guess, okay. to, to say there's a, a statistical significance there, I think would be the best way to put it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think he's the man, right? He's the guy, unless something really goes wrong. So I think it'll be interesting to see that. I mean, there's just so, there is more talent in the trenches and, and more talent across the field so they can afford to do this apparently as a game. And I think that'll be fun. It's got to be more enjoyable for them too, right? I mean, everybody makes a big deal. This is the 15th practice and we're just getting, another rep, getting more reps and getting them seen. But that's what this is for. This, I don't know that there's a difference between 13 and 15 practices, right? 15 is just the magic number because that's what you get. So make the most of the first 14. Let them have some fun with 15. And, and I hope that's what happens Saturday. Yeah, I think it's just a divisible by five type thing. Right, um, right. Uh, there was the, I, I do wonder about that. I, I've, I, I'm sure there's a story to be written there has to be some sort of bragging right competition. Like there's gotta be something on the line. I know, I, I don't know if it was from this year or a previous year, there was a screenshot going around Twitter this week of Auburn's um, spring game. And basically the winners got steak and the losers got hot dogs as the post game mm -hmm. meal. I, I think that's fun. I think the other thing that comes to mind is the um, usually around like Christmas break or, or, one of the break periods, the men's hockey team does a, a three on three tournament and they hand out, they have this like trophy that they hand out. Mm -hmm. Have fun with those types of things. I think that makes it more enjoyable. And then uh, let's be honest, last year's blue white game. Not that I'm expecting a good game every time I go to the blue white, but, but last year's blue white game was a snooze fest. I was because it was so complicated and there were all these little drills <laughs> and it was very much a practice. The people that are going to go into the stadium that want to watch football, which I would say probably is, is, you know, 60% of the people that go into the stadium mm -hmm. on Saturday, um, they want to see a, a relatively normal football game. And I think that's, that's what you look forward to. Um, so give them that. Um, so I, I'm appreciative of that. Um, I do want to, let's, I want to stay on the quarterback situation briefly. And then I, I want to ask you a bigger picture question. Um, quarterback situation there has been some interesting phrasing from james franklin related to drew alar and, and bo pervula about their competition I, I don't know if that's the best way to say it because i think everybody knows that this is relatively a signed sealed and delivered thing that drew alar is going to be the the starter that's trotted out against west virginia but I'm very fascinated in the way James Franklin has been handling this because he's left the door open, I guess would be the best way to say it. And some people are getting a little too, like not too worked up, but some people are getting worked up by that. I might be one of them. I, I, what do you make of that situation? I don't think you can close the door, right? Like you got to have competition. Everybody talks about competition being important. 
and invaluable and motivating players. I think the only the only way this is a downside is if some way the guy who think everybody thinks is going to be the starter, if Drew can't handle a little bit of pressure, right? Handle a little bit of not being. I just watched um, the Terry Bradshaw football life thing last night, and and, and he talked about um, how the coaches in in college praised him no matter what the situation that's going to happen. Chuck Noll was just the opposite; it was all business. If if Drew can't handle the competition, and I, I don't, I don't I'm not saying he can't, but that's the only reason way this is the downside. You got to keep the door open for for Bulka because you may need him to play. We've seen that right. the backup is probably going to play, right? So you can't say he's not capable. So I think you have to at least encourage competition, if even if you know the outcome. Do you think it's? Well, I... Here's what I don't know. And, and I know this has to be a factor in all of this. I wonder how much, not necessarily transfer portal, but just like parent in the ear playing time conversation comes into this. Like I'm, sh- I'm sure there had to be some sort of a conversation the day that Drew Alar committed because Bo Perula was like probably maybe the second or third commit, I believe in that, that class. I'm sure there had to be some sort of conversation like it's going to be an open competition. Here's how it's going to shake out. Like you're going to have to earn those spots. And I, I, I don't know. I wonder how all of that kind of plays into, to all of this um, on something like that, because I, I don't know. At the end of the day, the, I don't want to call them kids cause they're 18 and over, but they're, they're still under the parental umbrella to a degree. Um, it's still going to a school to play football type thing. I have to wonder um, I just have to wonder, like, does like does Franklin need to be? Is he being cautious about his wording, largely because he just doesn't want to upset any other future commit that would come to Penn State while there's two quarterbacks, or, or, or you know, just even it was internally in his locker room. So, and that's the most fascinating part of this quarterback uh, battle that is playing out to me. Yeah, and I think he'd be unwise not to be aware of the power of his words on shaping the roster, right? With the transfer portal, with egos, with people in your ear, with opportunities, you've got to encourage, if, if you, they were good enough for you to want them to be here, you got to encourage them to try to improve and say they got a chance at earning playing time if they do. And I don't think you're lying. You're an injury away from everybody playing yeah. and, you, and, and you need to do that. So I, I think if you say, if anybody that says, this is our guy on April 15th for sure. Okay. He's going to be our starter day one, but like he's got to keep earning the job and you never right. know what's going to happen with injuries. And, and I think that's a fair thing to say too. You never know what's going to happen with injuries. Not that you want to wish, wish him on a kid, but that can cover you a little bit too saying, Hey, a lot happens in a season. We may need situations where we need somebody. We may do whatever. So they need to be ready. And I think, I think they are right. Although he's clearly better and he's the starter. Does it, this is by and large Franklin's second quarterback competition, I think, at Penn State. But does this one feel less, less, less murky? Yeah, less yeah. murky, less competitive than the, the previous I think one. it would, yeah, I think it would be a surprise if if Alar isn't the starter, right? Like, I mean, I think people would be shocked. I'm yeah. not surprised, they'd, no. be, they'd be shocked, right? Kid played last year. The undercurrent of all last year was get him some reps because he's going to be the guy next year. And nobody ever said, no, he's not going to be the guy next year. We're not going to get him reps. Because... So 
No, I think it's less murky because it's pretty clear who the starter is going to be. And you want to hope your backup guy's in good shape because you may need him. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, that has also been weighing on my mind is how last year plays into all of this. Um, and, and I think, I think that's partly why he's being conscientious about his word choices is he's not going to just hand over the job. And I, I think you want that from a coach um, just because he was the two last year. doesn't mean that, that he can't be the three or, you know, the two next year type thing. Um, so. Uh, no, if you're bringing in high cal- high quality talent, he could not be the guy. Right. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, there's great talent that hasn't played a lot of places through the years. Right. I mean, I think about Clemson. Right. Clemson and, and Joe Burrow, right. Who leaves Ohio state, goes to LSU for one season and, you know, ends up in the super, you know, there's all kinds of talent out there that just needs to be given the opportunity. And, and maybe that's on your roster and maybe not. So you can't shut the door, you know, right away, immediately. Um, I think this, this next conversation point will be a good segue into our second segment, but we'll, we're still, we're in the in-between right now, Steve. Um, Is that show coming back? The in-between? Isn't that Stranger Things? Not the other side. Which one? Which what is the Stranger Things? I don't. I think it's okay. Never mind. The upside down. The the upside down. down. That's what that one's called. Um, I don't know. I think they might still have one season. Um, (laughs) Lost my. That's gonna be off the rails. That was good. good. You're off the rails. Come on, your face. Sorry. Um, Where were we? Okay, a question for you. And I think we had this conversation last year. So if you're listening to this podcast this year and being like, yes, you guys had this conversation last year. First off, congratulations on having better memory than me. Secondly, my question to you is this. Would you much rather Penn State played St. Francis this weekend? Oh, God, no. No? No, I don't think so. And I don't remember having this conversation. Um, Because I think the blue-white game is for two audiences maybe. It's for people with young kids and families who can't afford to go to a Penn State game to come into the stadium for free, have a good time, see it, experience it, do whatever. And it's for other people who think they know football, right? To go in and watch the players compete and nice. say, oh, look at that, 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 that little diamond in the rough that I see. Why don't the coaches see that? Or I do see that. You don't get that with St. Francis and you don't get any more value from St. Francis. And you actually get fewer reps, right? Like you get, you, you get, you know, mm-hmm. You're going to be playing your team against St. Francis. You're getting fewer reps. This way, everybody's getting a rep every time they're on the field. I used to be in the they should play St. Francis bandwagon um, or pick any FCS school in the state bandwagon. And then I read an interesting article on Football Scoop about this, about basically one of the main reasons why. It's very fascinating, but especially with the transfer portal being wide open now is you have a kid to let's say he goes and lights up for 140 yards and, and two touchdowns, you know, receiving against Penn state. And then all of a sudden in the fall, he's playing at Penn state. Like it's, it, it's could serve as a wild scouting moment. So I think if we're being, let me be the old curmudgeon here and say that if this is truly interscholastic athletics, then maybe let's, let's hold on to some of those shreds of, mm-hmm. of, principle um and let that continue i do think the attendance probably would be better but i think you're right like that to me the the family value aspect the meh well if i go into the game and 
happen to go into the game, great. If I don't, I'm still going to go have a good time. Like, I think you're hurting the whole overall process of a spring game, at least in state college. I don't know about other schools. Um, I, I really don't. I don't think Pitt's game is very big to pit people. I know for like a couple schools down in the South, like it's an average day. Um, it's not like you, not like with Penn state where I feel like a lot of Penn staters there, there's really outside of football season. There are two dates that they kind of shuffle around on their calendars to make sure they're clear blue white weekend. And then arts fest um, <laughs> is the main two. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I have had my mind successfully changed on that, that stance, but I just wanted to get your, your take on that and see where you're sure. at with it. So let's, let's kind of continue down that, that uh, road Steve, what do you think, how has the blue-white game changed in the last, let's say, 30 years, my lifetime? And is it a better experience now? Yeah, I think it's a better, God, it pains me. Yeah, it's a better experience now because it's it's more of a show for the brand and, and, and the, the program and all that, right? Like, it, they have all the stuff that I just think is silly, right? They have the county fair stuff going on. Uh, excuse me, it's a boardwalk, sir. I know that's that's it's wise not to call it a county fair, but it feels like a county fair to me. Okay. Um, and it's and it, it engages people with the brand. You, so it's yes, it's better. Um, it had a so it would have been thirty years ago, forty years ago, forty some years ago, when I was in maybe a junior high. My father came back and he didn't come up for many Penn State games, but he came up for a blue white game. He came back raving about this quarterback named Matt Kisner who was just going to be wonderful and great and all this stuff. Right. And, and Kisner was, except he was behind Todd Blackledge. Right. And he just never got a, ch- a chance to play. Um, so back then it had kind of like an in the know feel like you just didn't see it. It was maybe covered, but it was a story about who won and whatever else. I think it's better now for all the ways. A lot of this stuff is better. I mean, it's just more polished and, but at the same time, it's more polished, right? It's just, it's not, it doesn't feel as genuine. Um, it feels like another thing of business, although there's, it's still free admission, God bless them. Um, we'll see how long that continues. Yeah, it's probably better, I, I think, on the whole. Although there is one thing missing from this year's thing. I just I was checking the release to make sure I'm not wrong. And I think it's NIL related and maybe we'll get to it, but it's uh, missing. I, I think this is what I was gonna say is, I think the only thing from my perspective I remember being a very little kid and you used to be able to run on the field and get autographs and you, you did, there was no line. There was no, you could literally just go over here, there, there. And that player would take a picture with you, have a conversation with you and, and get the autographs that you wanted. And then it kind of sort of went away a little bit to like, you got to go to all these different tables around the field. And then a couple years later, they just started to have tables outside the stadium and now is that is that the thing that's missing? Not there. Not there. But I, it's just not there anywhere. Like it's not in the list of autographs available anywhere, right? So I'm waiting for the announcement yet this week, probably by the time the podcast drops, it'll have happened, right? There's got to be some group that's doing something with athletes Friday or Sunday somewhere that people are going to, maybe they're not going to pay to get autographs, but it, it certainly feels like the reason that there's no autographs is they're not going to give them away for free. Which is interesting. I I don't know. Or maybe I, they just don't want the hurt of people. Maybe it's gotten well, too big, but I yeah. just... I was just going to say, like, I do think that the autograph 
market has gotten annoying. Like you, like you, like there should be an age limit on who can get the autograph. Like, you know what I mean? And, and maybe and how they many. pushed it for kids a couple of years in terms of the way they were saying that. I just think, yeah, I can talk through all the downsides too, right? Like, are they doing it for business? Are they somebody going to get them and go away? But if you want to talk about access and you want to talk about our players are there in the community and they want to be visible for the fans, this is where all the fans are. Yeah, there there are more fans here on Saturday and Friday night if you want to than any other time in the off season or any event that you're going to have. So if you are genuinely, sincerely concerned, and it's really that the NIL thing is helping them be more available for fans, then they should be available during Blue White. I agree with that. Um, let me ask you this question, and I think I know your answer. Outside of the autograph situation, what would be the one thing you would change about Blue White weekend? I'd get rid of the county fair. Okay, um, but, I, but I know it draws people, right? It's good for young families it and does. kids. It's a good thing to do. Well, they say it does, right? Like, if honestly, if this is the best experience, well, this is going to sound horrible, but so what? If this is the best experience you're going to give your kid on a Saturday, right? Like, if you can't find a state park or something else to do, that this, if, if that's the reason you're bringing them, is this, which is not. It's a complimentary thing to keep your kids busy, well, people tailgate and do some other things and make it make it family friendly. Like I get it. I know why they do this stuff. I it's just it hasn't, I don't know that it ever appealed to me. Like, I don't know. The three bands might be interesting. I'd like to know who they are, right? But even then, I we have we'll have our own show and party around a tailgate and whatever else. And that's what makes it fun. So yeah. Yeah. Why? What would you change? Set me up there to be the miserable grump. Well, they they changed it. I used to be a proponent of the, the whole scoring thing. Um, that would be B1. Um, Do you remember I, your first blue-white game? I don't because I it was so long ago. Um, so is your fondest memory autographs? Yeah, autographs, field? 100%. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's because, I mean, when it, it's the only, really only, you only get that opportunity once a year and how many times you really get that opportunity, you know? Hmm. Um, so I think that would be, that would be making sure that that stays. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think the scoring thing, I wish there was a little bit more fun to be had. And I feel like they did dabbled in that when, um, Keegan Michael key came, um, hmm. it, like, Let's like, why don't you mic up James Franklin or, or, or like, of course, you're probably worried about him saying an F bomb here or there, but you know, mic up somebody like get play, like have more, not that they don't, but like have more play, like make it feel mm-hmm. like I'm watching a TV event. Cause it's very boring when you go sometimes because yep. it just, it doesn't have the same, there's no, nothing riding on the game. So you're not emotionally invested into it. I do like that. I can go sit somewhere else in Beaver stadium and check out those views though. Yeah, I would think even if they sold me, even if it was clearly a sales pitch, right? And they put student reporter who you trust or some media personality related to Penn State working their way through the fans, talking to stands, walking their way through the stands, talking to fans, right? Hey, I'm in section EE and this is Joe from Bowlesburg. You know, Joe, who you here with, blah, blah, blah. Even that would be better than between plays or whatever else or when there's downtimes. Um, I mean, you can't control how long those go, so they're never going to probably do that. But I would think because they talk so much about in-game presentation during the regular season, it seems like there's some low-hanging fruit for blue-white that could make it enjoyable 
and people are used to that access. Mic somebody up. Yeah. Give it. Give us the pregame speech after they came out. Like, hey, this is what he told them. Even at the first commercial break, right? Here's what you missed when they came out of the locker room, right? And then you hear that, and at least might not be live, but it's access. Even, yeah, even just alternate camera angles. I'll like just make it feel like a minor league baseball game. Like that's what I want it to feel like when I go to the spring game more so than any other time. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want the main games to feel like a minor league baseball game, but the yeah, spring game. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, and they could even do like, folks, we got your attention now. We're looking forward to looking to the, to the fall schedule. Let's hear your vote. Who, when would you like to be the whiteout? Would it be this? Would it be Iowa? Would it be Michigan November 11th? You know, just to let the fans feel like they were heard, right? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that's it. That's a, look at Steve. Look at Steve. He's, he's fired up tonight. Idea tonight. Up. Look at that. Yeah. Three ideas. Um, you know, I, I do want to, I do want to go back on your other question. My favorite blue white memory, the time that I, I've only sat in the suites once and it was at a blue white game. Were they open or would be like test, yeah. test driving seats or what? It was, or it was someone had a ticket that happened to fall to my mom and I, and we went and they had, they had a buffet and there was chicken and it was some of the best chicken I ever had. So there you go. Do they sell chicken baskets during the blue white game? Uh, yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you read my I column usually, today, Steve? God. Oh my God. I, I saw it. That's why I just, okay. I just, oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, all right. Where were we? Anything else you want to add about the blue white game? Are you excited? I am excited for Saturday. I like it. It's gonna it looks like it's good weather. I'm excited to get out and do that and just be it'll it's, be fun. It's amazing how much more excited you you get about Blue White Weekend when the weather's nice. Like it's it feels like more of a chore when you know the weather's gonna be crappy. And knock on wood, it looks like it's gonna be great. Well, the regular so. season really feels like a chore sometimes when it's crappy weather too. Yo, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. No, it's exciting. It'd be great. Yeah. All right, um, the Masters, Steve. That's what I want to talk about next. Um, you did you watch the Masters? I can't wait. I watched a little bit Saturday and I watched the ending Sunday. Here's my opinion. I have officially decided, if we talk about this a lot, we talk about the hours of the day that you have to dedicate to your life to being a sports fan. I have decided that I'm no, no longer going to allot any hours to being a golf <laughs> person. Maybe not. I'll go golfing. I think I will. But I don't. I used to enjoy it watching it on TV and now I don't. And then uh, like even going golfing, I, I don't really enjoy it. It's a long process. takes a lot out. Maybe I'm a millennial, but I just rather go to top golf and give me the chicken baskets and beer and, <laughs> and let me just whack balls off of the third story. I, I it's I, the masters is completely in golf in general has completely lost its appeal to me. And I don't know why I, I, I don't know when it happened. And I think it was just this weekend was a realization of that. And, and and so that's what I wanted to share this this week on the podcast, that I don't care about golf anymore. There you go. Um, I haven't looked at the ratings. I don't know if you're alone or not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if I watched a little bit Saturday before they stopped things, right, because the tree fell down. and then That, that was the was, most interesting thing to me. Right? <laughs> and Sunday was church and Easter with the family. So we turned it on as it was ending and saw the end. Yeah, like I had a I had a hot second with golf when Tiger Woods was young. Like I can remember sitting around with maybe Danny or Sam. Oh, this is we'll watch Tiger play golf. But no, it's not the most compelling thing. I was reading uh, Richard Richard Deitch's stuff today about how they did a good job with the replays of this shot on the thirteenth hole and blah blah. I'm like, I just can't get into it that deep. I, I just I just can't. Um, and I'm not as connected to some of the personalities. 
And this was pre, no, this was when you were, God, maybe not even 10 yet, when, when open wheel racing split. It used to just be IndyCar in the United States, and then it split to car, IndyCar, and it, and it hurt it. And I feel like the live thing's kind of doing that to golf because they, they talked a little bit more about that and wrote about more of that than just, than just the tournament. So yeah, my time for golf was, I probably expended, maybe there'll be some Father's Day weekend stuff for the US Open, depending on what we have going on that weekend. But yeah, I've expended probably at least half my golf viewing time this past weekend for the summer. Yeah, I, I just, I, and I, I, I appreciate the PGA Tour's efforts to make it more relevant to a fading audience, I guess would be the best way to say it. It seems like they're, they're trying to tap in on the like formula one thing. Um, and maybe that's where that time is starting to shift for me a little bit, I guess. Uh, but I also just like, let me be, let me be woke millennial here, but I've also just kind of like lost the appeal of golf because it very much has started to feel more like a witch or a rich man's sport. Like it's, it, it's really, to me felt like you, the only way you can get into this or get good at it is if you have a lot of money. And I get that that's probably how most sports are these days. And I played hockey growing up, which was not cheap by any means, but I just, I'm, I'm over golf. I'm over golf. And I think that's what I needed to, to this is our weekly therapy session, as I normally call it. And I think I needed to get that out with you. Oh, I, I think you're on mute, Steve. Hold on. Sorry, I was. Yes, that's a good thing. I mean, I think you got to be able to acknowledge your, you know, your pains and your interests and your disinterests and more time to talk about Penn State football on the podcast. Yeah, I will say, let me, let me say, I will say recently have started to replace sports watching time back in with baseball. Baseball is coming back in. And I think it's because of the pitch clock. Maybe next week we can go at length about that a little bit longer. But I, I think that's definitely... we're going to go at length about we're going to go at length about shorter games. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. the best thing about a sports podcast. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, full of irony. All right, we're quick tonight, Steve. We are quick tonight. I told you we'd be quick tonight. All right, here we go, Steve. I have I, I had a homework assignment for you. Your top three. TV. Oh, this is this week's old guy and guy. Uh, your top three t- sports TV shows. The caveats are for it can either be reality or it can be scripted, but it can't really be like you can't say Sports Center if okay. that makes sense or or, or outside sense. the lines. Like it needs to have a a plot, character development development. I guess would be the best way to say it. Go ahead, Steve. Okay, I'm gonna go. Number one is uh, Sports Night, which lasted all of like three seasons. It was a spoof. It was ABC, Aaron Sorkin talking about, it was like Sports Center, but it was Sports Night. Great show, great cast, um, fun to watch. So that was good and gone and now over. Um, second, but close, and I, I almost forgot about it till I was looking, is Brockmeyer. With which was the ba- disgraced baseball announcer played by Hank Azaria. I have not watched this one. It was on Showtime, I believe, right? Yeah, or still is. and we saw it somewhere. We and I, where we, we didn't get it on Showtime. It was FXX till we were done with it, or whatever. Um, little, little rough and raunchy at first, the first season, but kind of funny and, and whatever else. And and he does a great job with it. So Sports Night, Brockmeyer, and it's not scripted, but it's got a storyline. It's been the best thing, the best sports. Yeah. It's a tie between two reality shows, uh, more or less. Drive to Survive and Welcome to Wrexham. Like the past year or so, those two shows have been 
great ways for me to get into a little bit of international soccer as much as I'm going to get and drive to survive has refreshed uh, my interest in F1 because it's just super sports documentary show. And you're very much a motorsports guy, but you've you've recommended Drive to Survive to me several times saying it very has very little to do with. with yeah, it's not it. about I, the racing. It's about the people in the business, which is great. It's not, it's not on my list. Like it, or I'm sorry, it's, I have not watched it yet. It is on my list of shows that I want to get to some at some point. Um, Welcome to Wrexham is, that is my next, like Anna is going out of town and I have nothing else better to do type thing. (laughs) I'm just going to sit and binge watch this. Um, So that, that is, that is currently on my list. All right, here are, here are my top three. All right. Number three is sports science. Do you remember that show? That was a, yes, yes. Love that show. Because I love Mythbusters and it felt like Mythbusters, but we were just only talking about sports. So uh, we'll go reality, I guess, if, yep. if that that's fair. Um, so that one, there was a show, Steve, that I, I was just recently reminded me of, and this was what brought, brought it back. Um, I haven't really forgot about it too much, but it was on MTV. It was This was probably early 2000s called Two-A-Days. With, okay. it, was, it was with Hoover... High in Alabama, okay, and it, it essentially evolved around the players on that team. It was a little bit like the um, Last Chance You show, like okay. it was that type of reality. But these kids were rich prepsters that don't really have life struggles. Um, so that was a that was a great great show. Um, I think that was one of like that was one of the first sports TV shows that like I could remember watching. Um, so that one is why that one's on that list. And then lastly, um, one that I have not finished, but we're still in the process of watching. There's just way too many seasons. Uh, One Tree Hill. I would say it's a, a sports show because it's sports adjacent. There's a, okay. a very major. So, okay. Know. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. And I didn't go old school. I initially thought of White Shadow, like the old school, mm, late 70s, early White Shadow. Yeah. Former NBA basketball players. The storyline goes back to an inner city high school to coach basketball. Right. So you're dealing with early eighties, all kinds of stereotypical good. And also probably early for eight, early eighties TV shows to be doing, you know, some of the issues they did, which was interesting, um, but scripted, obviously. Um, so oh, one tree hill, two days in sports science. I thought ESPN missed a boat on sports science stuff overall too. Like when they used to do those segments, I mean, I know that's not the same thing, but there was a time six or seven years ago, they were trying to do science about everything they did in, in sports centers and just start dropping whether it was too expensive or whatever. And I think it could make a resurgent comeback with all of the little data tracking that we're doing now with, mm-hmm. you know, velocity. And I am very fascinated by that. We've had that conversation before, but like the whole humidor thing in in, in Colorado mm-hmm. and like why balls fly differently there, like very interesting to me. Like I, I, I would love somebody to do like a, a study on, you know, how many home runs, more home runs would they have if the weather was natural or, or you know, or was it this, this setting? I, I, setting's a weird word for that, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I have one other quick question. Is Cheers a, is Cheers a sports show? I've watched Cheers. It's my favorite television show. Would you consider it to be a sports no, it's show? No, sports adjacent. Okay. Okay. All right. Because it, it really, you never really, there's not really, other than the scene where they go to the Boston Garden, they sneak into the Boston Garden. No, I mean, he, you know, right, great. He's a pitcher, you know, what's her face? His husband was a minor league goalie or whatever, but it's sports adjacent, I think. All right. Um, 
Anything else you want to add this week? No, good good call. Next week, movies? Yeah, we can do movies next week. Okay. I'm feeling that uh, the guy behind you will show up. No, probably not the the one that you think, though. That's probably true. That's, That's all probably true. Say. All right. Um, let's see. Let me write down. Let me write this down. Um, we have a podcast. You just listened to it. Thank you for listening to it. We're on um, all of the major podcasting apps somewhere in this general vicinity there, or maybe over in Steve's general vicinity. There's a button where you can hit subscribe on YouTube. We would, would really appreciate that. Thank you for watching if you have already. Um, let's see what else. We have a newsletter that's coming out next Tuesday, <clears throat> Steve. It's next Tuesday, Steve. Okay. It's I, so that means great. I gotta do that Monday. Okay. Right, you'll um, have it before then. Okay, great. Um, that's going out. So sign up for that on our website, which is stuffsummersays.com. On that website, we have a part for you, Steve, called with Steve. There we go. Uh, Steve, you have an email. It's it's Steve at stuffsummersays.com. I have an email. It's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. We have Twitter handles. Uh, it's uh, mine's a at Steph Summer says, yours is? At Steve Sampson. Thumbs up, five stars. Anything else? See you, Blue White, baby. Yeah. Can't wait. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>